0: I'm never getting married. You want an absolute? Well, there it is. Veronica Mars. Spinster. I mean, what's the point? Sure, there's the initial primal drive. Write it out. Better yet, ignore it. Sooner or later, the people you love let you down. And here's where it ends up. Sleazy men, cocktail waitresses, cheap motels on the wrong side of town and a soon-to-be ex-spouse wanting a bigger piece of the settlement pie. That's where I come in. $40 an hour is cheap compared to the long-term financial security sorted photography can secure for you, your offspring, your next lover. But do us a favor if it's you in there. Dispense with the cuddling. This motel tryst, it is what it is. Make it quick. The person sitting in the car across the street might have a calculus exam in five, no, make that four hours, and she can't leave until she gets the money shot.
1: Welcome to the fifth and final episode of season two, The Detectives. Bum bum! of Type This Cast, the season where we take a close look at our favorite detectives through the lens of the Enneagram. I'm Janelle. And I'm Becky. This week, even though I am shocked that we're
0: somehow already at the final episode, we are so excited to be diving Mm -hmm. into the world of Veronica Mars, my favorite Mm I cannot believe we're already through all of these detectives, though. I had uh, way too much fun diving into these intriguing psyches and trying to get to sleuth out the motivations of all of these peepers. (laughs) Wah-wah.
1: Speaking of these other detectives, before we jump into Veronica Mars, Becky, do you have any thoughts on... Nancy or Noir or Golden Age or any of the above?
0: Oh gosh, yes. I have (laughs) thoughts. I have many thoughts. I always have many thoughts. I think it's just been really interesting for me. I've been in these worlds for so long Mm -hmm. and I have so many, I guess I would call them preconceptions, but well-studied, well-understood conceptions Mm -hmm. of these characters, of these genres, and then Seeing these characters through the Enneagram just really like lit something up Mm. for me. Um, Not necessarily anything new, but just seeing some of the underlying motivations. Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that has borne out uh, that is not surprising is that many detectives are ones. Yeah. uh, Which makes sense. Right and wrong and Mm -hmm. morality and justice and all of that. Um, And then you have some five nicks fiveness mixed in there that like logic when we think about Sherlock. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just I've really loved it. Just getting to look at this stuff that I've been so entrenched in Mm. through the Enneagram and the ways in which the pain of some of the crime especially manifests. Yeah. The why I don't know that we've talked a lot about it in our episodes, but as I've read, watched, observed mm-hmm. through these stories. Yeah, just seeing that pain and some of it being people being disconnected from their identities, mm. living in responsiveness because of sensitivities and trauma. Um, I especially have thoughts on Noir, yeah, <laughs> with that in mind, but I'll save that because we are going to be discussing. A noir story today. Indeed, <laughs> jokes on all of you. I got two. <laughs> um, so, yeah. How about you? What What has stood out to you through this season, through maybe the last few episodes, especially?
1: Yeah. Um. Gosh. Like we said at the beginning, I can't ever get away from mystery stories. I just love those those yep. stories. Yeah. Um, I think after last week particularly i have spent a little more time just thinking about nancy drew mm, mm-hmm. and even though i haven't taken the plunge to read any of the later stories um i think out of fairness i'm going to pick mm. one of them mm-hmm. um
0: i need some time first
1: that's fair <laughs> i think there's w- one of the things that i shared with our listeners on social media after um Our episode on Nancy Drew is an article I found that talks about how not only you and I, but so many of the powerful, strong, Mm. independent women through time have pointed to Nancy Drew Mm. as an inspiration. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. As one of the stories that they loved. Yeah. You know, there are definitely some issues with that Mm -hmm. but even thinking through like yeah she had a a bow but she was never really interested in him he was always the puppy dog after her Mm -hmm. and it's i i don't really want to go read more because of the recent experience yeah but i want to investigate what am i missing by only reading This first one. I think that's the thing that's hit me with all of these. And again... Well, yeah, we're doing the first ones. Yeah. Which
0: is not necessarily descriptive mm-hmm. of the character, the story, the experience as a whole. For sure. All of these. Totally. My mind is so entrenched in the all of their story <laughs> yeah. that limiting ourselves, maybe that was
1: limiting. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, I don't necessarily know if anything has been, It it's not a detriment, hmm. but I would still say that there is loss by limiting it that way, mm-hmm. um, even simply, gosh, like, single episode of Veronica Mars like we're going to be doing Mm -hmm. or, you know, a short story like I did for Miss Marple. There's so much more to Miss Marple than what's presented in that first story. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's in my head, but that space of looking, it just goes to show you (laughs) how you can't type people without knowing more. And you shouldn't type anyone, but you need to know yeah. more than the first page.
0: Yeah. You need more observation. Well, that's really that's just really telling. And I think a good thing for us to share, um, whether typing others or yourself, mm-hmm. the process of typing oneself is a long process. Yes. It's not something where you can just take a test Mm -hmm. or read a book that tells you the descriptions of the different Enneagram types. And then you're like, aha, I found it. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. There's often one where you're like, well, I like that one the least. I think that's me. Yeah. But even then it takes months, maybe years of like Mm self-observation watching how you behave, respond, act and asking, why did I do that? Yeah. What was my motivation? Was it out of what was right or wrong? Was it is a desire to be loved, to help others, all of those questions. Mm-hmm. And so I think... Um, that lesson for ourselves is there in what we're doing, right? Yeah. Where as we type others, the answer we come to, I think at the end of every episode is I want to talk to Mr. Darcy. I want to talk to (laughs) Philip Marlowe. I want to ask Ms. Marple what she's doing and, or I I just need more information. Mm -hmm. So it's, That collecting of information and so possibly our project is slightly flawed (laughs) but still fun and has a lot of space in it definitely but but that you know we are just scratching the surface Mm -hmm. of these characters and doing some observation that I think for me has been helpful in illuminating some of these other numbers yeah um and just thinking like oh Why would a one behave that way? Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, maybe. Okay, so if I've decided she's a seven and the seven does this, that doesn't seem in character for a seven. So then all of a sudden I'm trying to type them as something else. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, but maybe. Yeah. Because we all have all of the Enneagram types in us Mm -hmm. in some way. It's just one is sort of our shiny superhero that shines out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's what I've learned the most overall, but especially this season with these characters that I have studied in depth. Mm-hmm. Aside from Nancy Drew, obviously. Yeah. Because I forgot. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> no, I um I like your perspective on her, and I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. I think. The reason I was so disappointed Mm -hmm. was because of that. Yeah. Because in my mind, she inhabits this independent female sleuth space, you know, forging a trail when no one was doing it, which is still true. That
1: is still true.
0: (laughs) And I hate this phrase, this thing that people say, Mm -hmm. but you do have to consider it when doing literary study. Mm -hmm. It's from a time and place. Yeah. And in its time and place, I don't necessarily know that it was forward thinking because uh, noir existed then.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, Which was pushing the envelope for what women could do. Mm -hmm. But this is aimed at children, big publisher, all of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, I even had a conversation with my mom about Nancy Drew and she yeah. was like, oh, well, you have to think about when it was written, where it came from. And, you know, every time someone says that to me, I just like want to throw up and yell in their <laughs> face because I'm like, no, it's OK. Like that is fair, though. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't want to just use that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. But I definitely plan to read further um in the series possibly another of the authors um yeah but not for a bit there's a lot on my list that takes precedence over oh certainly going into nancy drew again
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh of course i am um Looking forward to all the things we have dreamt up for future seasons. Yes. Um,
0: As am I. Yeah. So good. But
1: I know as we have done with other episodes, my mind will keep coming back to all of these detectives mm -hmm. as we keep moving forward. So, yeah, that's I don't know. I'm sort of bummed that it's. Ending because there's so many more detectives we could talk about, Becky. I know. I keep doing that. I'm like, oh, but we didn't,
0: and we didn't, and also, oh, we could do there oh, so many more. <laughs> talk about Castle and Right. Beckett. We could talk about so many glorious characters. Um uh, but I am very pleased that yes. we went with the TV detective we went with today yes because I've said it a million times already but just Veronica Mars (laughs) she she's a hero of mine Uh uh-huh I am obsessed I loved that show and I am so excited it's coming back and uh, this was fun because it gave me the excuse to dive back in, and I am now most of the way through the series once again. <laughs> uh, no judgment there, but we are just talking today about the first episode, which, as mentioned before, is a little bit limiting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm intrigued with that because I think, despite what we said, introductions matter. They do. First impressions matter mm-hmm. how someone introduces themselves interacts with you when you first meet them mm-hmm. is both true and false yes. something they're projecting um but i'm really interested to see where we get with veronica and keith
1: well and one of the interesting things too about pilots particularly mm-hmm. is that this is
0: a solid pilot too oh, like it's very tight it is a
1: well well written well acted mm-hmm. Um, all around just a good pilot. But the, uh, oftentimes, in case any of you don't know the process of getting a TV show made, um, a writer will come up with an idea, will write a script that then they have to present in Mm -hmm. front of as many different studio Mm -hmm. boards as they can to get it picked up. Mm -hmm. And so in that one script, you have to both entice people to invest in these characters you have to come up with jokes or <laughs> drama that will stand on its own mm-hmm. and but continue. that you can you but then yeah but then you can can that you can continue to build upon mm-hmm. because you're not just selling this one episode it's mm-hmm. not a story in and of itself even though it still has to be yeah and so you get this weird space of Introduction and more Mm. in a pilot. Mm -hmm. So, yeah.
0: And that's the thing that, like, I mean, I could sing the praises of Veronica Mars for years. (laughs) But that's the thing with this pilot, that watching it this time, having had more experience, knowing how the business works and all of that, it is so well done Mm -hmm. because it's an entire story in itself. You are introduced to all of these characters in this complicated world. Mm -hmm. You have the pop culture comedy back and forth that feels so intentional. Mm -hmm. So you know what this show is going to be like. Yeah, And then you have little drops of like well what did that mean well what will that do who is that character mm-hmm. that you don't get a fulfillment on because you need the show to continue to do so exactly and i loved that but that meant we could only do the two characters we're doing yeah because we get the most information on them mm-hmm. everyone else is like wait and see yeah will he be this
1: will he be that Stay will tuned. will they matter at all? Yeah. yeah. I mean that's always the question with the pilot. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um there's also this is just extreme geekery, but Backup her dog is uh-huh. different in all of the rest of the series. <laughs> of course. Backup does not have spots. Oh. For the rest of the series it's a different dog, but that's a minor continuity issue. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. Um So now that we've sort of been talking around it, Mm -hmm. just in case there are any poor souls out there in the world who have not yet seen or heard of Veronica Mars, I will give you the briefest of synopses that I can. There's a lot to this show, um, but I'll start with the uh, IMDb description so that I don't go off track with my own glory. (laughs) Um, So the way IMDb describes Veronica Mars is after her best friend is murdered and her father is removed as the county sheriff, Veronica Mars dedicates her life to cracking the toughest mysteries in the affluent town of Neptune. So that gives you a little feel for just the... Noir, seedy, undersided nature. There's murder, Mm -hmm. there are people deposed. And you have, what's really interesting about the show is you have this affluent society and corruption within it that Mm -hmm. Veronica is sort of inside of, in between. Um, She's played by the one and only Kristen Bell. And she is just objectively one of the greatest TV detectives. (laughs) And as I said, she definitely falls into the genre of what... I call neo-noir the newer version of noir Mm -hmm. in that it's set in a high school, which creates some really interesting elements. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have a young female PI, private detective, private dick, peeper, whatever you want to call her, existing in a rich and very corrupt area, solving many crimes and getting into the seedy underbelly of this otherworldly city called neptune uh, we watch just that interesting quirk of her balancing a high school life and working as a pi which means lots of late nights mm-hmm. taking photos uh, this show ran for three seasons from 2004 to 2007 then the fan base was so great and obsessive and we are all wonderful Mm -hmm. That a movie was made that was funded by a Kickstarter campaign because we could not get enough. And further, coming later this year, in 2019, there will be a fourth season that will appear on Hulu, and thus... Here's exciting news. The previous seasons, all three seasons, will begin streaming there starting, I think, this summer. That's the rumor I hear. Um, So with all this hype and excitement, we thought we'd have a look into this wild and wacky world. Are you with us, marshmallows? (laughs) Um, Before we jump in, just in case... Once again, you have not seen this first episode. I'll give you a little bit of the plot just so you can keep up with us. Uh, So this first episode, as we talked about, is really good. We get a lot of Veronica's background with uh, her best friend, Lily, who's been murdered. Her father, Keith, the sheriff, who was fired after he flubbed the investigation, supposedly. Mm -hmm. Her uh, mother, because of all of this, leaves town in shame, Or is there something more going on there? Mm. And to deal with it all, Veronica has taken up a role in her father's private investigation firm. So in this episode, we also meet Wallace, who becomes her best friend. He is targeted by a local motorcycle gang led by a lovely gent Mm -hmm. who we get to know very well called Weevil. Um, And Veronica helps Wallace become free of this gang's influence through a little tampering of security footage, but that's all in a day's work for a PA.
1: (laughs) Indeed. So, moment of honesty. I haven't seen consecutive episodes of Veronica Mars until preparation for this podcast episode. It's not for lack of desire. The episodes I caught here and there intrigued me, and I always wanted to watch it all the way through. I just... Didn't have the availability and then had so many other things I needed to watch in order to Mm -hmm. try to stay relevant with just fun things to watch also. And so, yeah, this has been a fun start to my official marshmallowing.
0: Yes. 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 Um, Janelle will be officially a marshmallow at the end of this, I promise.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm fairly certain that will be entirely true. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I am coming to it definitely a lot uh, more fresh slated than Becky, Um, having really only vague memories of the snippets Mm. here and there Mm -hmm. and so the pilot is right there yeah because i just watched it a couple times um no that's good that'll
0: create a a really balanced conversation i think and hope
1: hopefully yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) because i don't think i can be balanced yeah and you (laughs) like we like we both do for the other detectives we've talked about this season you have a wider picture of both of the characters we're mm. typing today. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it'll be it'll be exciting. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We will. Um so we've said this a few times, but just to be clear,
0: we are limiting ourselves to just Veronica Mars and her father, Keith Mars. Specifically. How they're portrayed in the pilot. We're leaving out all of the extra episodes that are in Becky's brain. Yes. They are not impacting (laughs) this typing of the characters, though. Good luck. It is pretty obvious, and I don't think that's going to be a problem. Okay, good.
1: (laughs) At least to me. Yes. These characters, Enneagram types, were pretty obvious. All right. So just a brief reminder for all of you playing along at home. Here again are the monikers we have been working with for the Enneagram types with that short I statement for each type. Type one, the reformer. I do everything the right way. Type two, the befriender. I help others. Type three, the motivator. I am seen as successful. Type four, the romantic, I am unique. Type five, the observer, I need to understand the world. Type six, the guardian, I need to be secure. Type seven, the enthusiast, I am happy and open to new things. Type eight, the challenger, I must be strong. And Type 9, The Peacemaker. I am agreeable. And just remember, folks playing along at home don't
0: actually play along at home with other human beings. Mm -hmm. Do not type the people in your life. If you are wondering why we so often call this a party foul, check out uh, Season 1 Episode 0.5 for our introduction, but just just don't do it. You just don't. Steal people's Enneagram journey. Exactly. They should be able to figure out for
1: themselves who they are, not be told by you. Mm hmm. All right. It's that time again. Time for the lightning round. Let's type this cast.
0: Da, 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 <laughs> da. Sorry, that just felt like a game show moment. It does. It always does.
1: <laughs> All right. So, Veronica, eight.
0: eight. <laughs> yeah. No questions. N- no doubt. All right. Keith. Six. Counterphobic six wing seven.
1: <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I Good. had, I can I had see to that. get real specific, but definitely six. Um, but I have,
0: we'll we'll get into we'll this. We'll get there.
1: Once I get there, I will share what I really hoped for mm. and why, but it'll mm, come interested. after defensing. Defensing? Yes. Defensing against the dark arts, <laughs> <Yeah>. yes, <laughs> and against the evil forces in Neptune. Fair enough. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> wrong universe. <laughs> soon,
0: very soon, we hope. Okay, um, so I guess I will start. Uh, Veronica is clearly, yes, shiningly an eight. I have so much evidence. Uh It's hard to choose, but I think I'm actually going to start with um, something that uh, runs through my head Uh quite a lot. Yes. That theme song, Uh which is, yes, the theme that is separate from character voices, but it's definitely from Veronica's perspective because... Veronica Mars is told very noir style. So it's voice over first person from Veronica's perspective. Mm -hmm. So the theme song goes, A long time ago, we used to be friends, Mm -hmm. but I haven't thought of you lately at all. Yeah. (laughs) So it's this idea her telling us her story, how her whole world broke mm-hmm. and she was part of the in crowd. She was beloved. And now she's been like thrown out of paradise essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's her framing that. So it's this, uh, yeah, we used to be friends. You think that hurt me, but that did not hurt me. You cannot see my vulnerable underbelly. You will not see the inside of me mm-hmm. that is so vulnerable. Um, so it's just like, As I was thinking through her, I was like, yeah, that song, though, is like perfect for showing her eight spirit. Mm -hmm. And I think tied to that the entire premise of the show is her sort of getting vengeance, getting maybe not vengeance. Vengeance is wrong, but finding the truth Mm -hmm. to vindicate her father, vindicate her family to show everyone else how wrong they are about them. Yeah. And also to bring justice for her best friend who has been murdered. So, but as she does that, she she's working at the PI firm doing that but they take on all these little cases that is helping a vulnerable population a vulnerable person always Mm -hmm. against the dark corruption that is Neptune Mm -hmm. and that is you know the MO of a private detective but especially the way Veronica does it there are Like every moment, her way of speaking is so aggressive. Mm -hmm. Anyone says anything at her, she will rise. Yes. And she absolutely notices. So what what is said about an eight is they notice the authority, Mm -hmm. the power in a room. And I frame this as the power in the city. Yeah. So rather than being afraid of the police who have who are corrupt and have like overpowered them gotten Keith Mars fired Mm -hmm. she humiliates them like the whole premise of this show the reason she takes on Wallace's case is she finds a way to shame the people who have hurt and shamed her and tried to control her life which an eight just does not want to be controlled exactly um and additionally I was just so struck by the way she is not afraid of Weevil and his motorcycle no. gang. She rises when they make sexual innuendos. She just jumps at them. And she's like, well, you know, they make penis jokes. And she's like, well, whip it out. Let's see. Like, I'll go to the prom with you. I'll be your girlfriend. Come on. Come yeah. on. And I just. So I have this friend <laughs> who it. I She relates to the Enneagram 8. Mm-hmm. Um. And that was every conversation in high school. Yeah, every time someone cat called us, whistled at us, anything, she would like almost the exact words Veronica uses. Wow, <laughs> like all the time. Um, and also, so like some of the way that I typed her was very much coming from this friend. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's this additional thing where Veronica, so an eight is in control, right? Controlling the world, controlling what's happening as a way of helping Mm -hmm. those they care about they have certain people on their list that they care for Mm -hmm. and just watching veronica handle all the logistics Mm -hmm. of the private investigation firm for her dad getting his flight details making sure everything's taken care of Mm -hmm. that just screamed eight like control care knowing where you are like all of these things and it just was a shining beacon to me mm-hmm. um and i do want to give one last example i think uh it's hard to choose there are a few that shine but i think the thing that really stands out to me is there There is a plot line, an event that happens to Veronica that is horrifying and traumatic Mm -hmm. and upsetting where she goes to a party and is date raped. Yeah. She is roofied. Um, And as the voiceover is telling us about this, it's as if she thinks we'll find out about it. Mm -hmm. So she's telling us before we do Mm. because she's talking about the rumors going around. She's like, yeah, I'm sure they've heard a lot of things about me. Yeah. And she's like, and let me tell you, they're not all true or are they? I don't know. And then she tells us what happens. And as she's talking about going to the party before we can judge her for even going to that party, Mm -hmm. the line she says is she says, I went to a party just to show their whispers and backstabbing didn't bother me. Mm. So it is that same. It's that the line from the song, right? It's, I don't care. Yeah. You're talking crap about me. You're saying all these things about my family and I am showing you, you have no control over who I am, over where I go. I don't care what you think of me. I am stronger than that. Mm -hmm. And so that just really shown. And then um, talking, telling that same story. She talks about when she goes to the police, when she's like dealing with all of this stuff, she says, I never told my dad, what does it matter? I'm no longer that girl. Mm. It's like uh, that vulnerable girl that got taken advantage of that vulnerable girl that got drugged and raped. Mm-hmm. She's gone. Yeah. Just this tough exterior. And I'm sure a quote that you will use. So I won't. But why the fans of Veronica Mars are called what they are is very telling. Yes. Um. So all that to say she is an eight. Mm-hmm. She is out to bring justice to the world for those that have been taken advantage of, even murdered and hurt, including herself, but not just for herself, mm-hmm. so that the world cannot control her narrative most especially. Mm-hmm. The narrative of her life, of her story, of her family, and the way that she deals with it is, I am aggressive, I am coming at you before you can judge me, I will cut it off, I will show you I don't care, mm-hmm. that is every moment of every day and she doesn't care about like she shows people (laughs) that she doesn't care about even defending herself Mm -hmm. that like she's like i don't care yeah fine you don't control me like i don't i don't even know what you said about me but it doesn't matter yeah um i have about 50 more examples of that but um i think my point has been making (laughs) veronica (laughs) is a powerful strong Female private detective eight struggling with trauma.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Veronica is a uh, obvious eight from the very beginning. In fact, uh, I even stole a bit from that opening line Becky mm-hmm. read to us. Sooner or later, the people you love let you down. That is one of the things that's true of eights. The reason they... Put on the armor and become the challenger is because at some point, often a point they can point to in their childhood, they were hurt by someone they care about, Mm -hmm. someone they expected more from, Mm -hmm. and they never wanted to experience that again, which is what leads them to... Never wanting to be controlled, to mm-hmm. be in control in order to avoid that. Um, and gosh, that's just right there, right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. There it is. Um, it's bookmarked too. She yeah. says the same thing at the end. Exactly. Yeah. And um, there's a moment where her father doesn't tell her the whole truth. And her reaction to that, not to his face even, but to experiencing that is also so indicative of Eight. Instead of backing off, instead of fighting with him, she just goes and does and finds out because she does not want to be controlled by Mm -hmm. her lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just gosh yeah if if ever there was a um dictionary definition eight it is veronica
0: it's veronica yep
1: Mm -hmm. um and the other side of that is like you were saying becky is their drive for justice especially for the defenseless and Mm -hmm. the innocent Mm -hmm. um i love that Her dog is called backup and I love just for so many reasons because so many good you can make so many fun jokes with don't forget to take backup. And they do. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: They never miss the opportunity.
1: Of course. And they just mean the dog. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. Um, Also, if an eight were told to take backup and it they and the person telling them meant a human, the eight would not. No, absolutely not. But do you know what an eight would do? love a dog Uh uh-huh yeah or just any helpless creature there's a whole episode where she saves a bunch of dogs exactly (laughs) that's a thing (laughs) it's that that vulnerable space that they're protecting in themselves Mm -hmm. that they also try to protect when they see it in other spaces Mm -hmm. um absolutely so backup is one example of that another is also right there at the beginning um so wallace person who will become one of her best friends is uh duct taped to the flagpole at school in his underwear oh not even okay Mm -hmm. well things are taped yeah and so you don't know but yeah um and everyone at the school is crowd mentality just throwing insults and joking and being incredibly rude Um, And mean, to put it nicely, uh, Mm -hmm. at Wallace, who's a new kid, on top of that. And Veronica, even while being assaulted by the people who are assaulting Wallace, walks up and cuts him down. Mm -hmm. Um, It's that, yeah, just those who are being treated unjustly, Are the ones she will go towards, which is perfect that she's a private investigator because Mm -hmm. that's what you do.
0: Did you catch the line of the student before she cuts him down? I didn't get it down. That's indicative to me, too. But It's just like a throwaway line, Mm -hmm. an extra says. But... um, uh you hear him say i'm not gonna cut him down do you think i want to be up there tomorrow yeah and like that just feels like instigation mm-hmm. too like she was already gonna do it because vulnerable person being taken advantage of but now psh- you're afraid oh i'm 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 here i'm, I'm right afraid there. of I'm nothing gonna do it. Yeah. yeah i'm not afraid of him putting me up there what do you think weevil's gonna get me yeah no
1: <laughs> well and the interesting thing too is um I, you know, we don't in the pilot see much of her relationship with her father before Mm -hmm. he lost his job. But Mm -hmm. what is she doing now that he has been forced out of his job? Mm -hmm. She is helping make sure they make ends meet. Mm -hmm. She is she's making dinner. She's like you said, making arrangements for work for him, Mm -hmm. keeping everything on track Mm -hmm. because he is also someone who has been dealt with unjustly. Mm -hmm. And. It's just this really cool balance to see the way that they love each other mm-hmm. from their spaces. Absolutely. Yeah. And he is
0: definitely part of the like vulnerable taken advantage of mm-hmm. population. Yes. And that affects her narrative. It does. Her story. So helping him helps her help herself. Yes. So it, <laughs> it, it's this interesting mix of motivations there. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing, no, at all. But I, yeah, I find her caretaking of her father very interesting. Mm-hmm. But they're both deeply caring for one another. Yes, like you said, from their spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I there's so much I could say about Veronica. <laughs> Goodness, yes. But uh, yeah. I just think that textbook thing. Something I didn't mention. I was gonna kind of save this for the end, but um, as you were talking, it just made me think of it too. We were. We're talking about she's this textbook eight Mm -hmm. and the way she acts with the world, the way she interacts. I know we've mentioned this before, but the plight of the female eight Mm -hmm. is an interesting one. Mm -hmm. The way people formulate who they are, Mm -hmm. the way people talk to them. And especially with Veronica's story and how Veronica interacts with the world. I couldn't help but think about. The way so many guys, especially from toxic masculinity, and women who toxic masculinity have gotten into their brains, would talk to someone like Veronica, which is that phrase, what's your damage? Yeah. Like, I couldn't help but hear that all the time. No one actually says that, which is surprising to me. Yeah. Yeah. but just that she is so aggressive that, that it's like, oh, you must be damaged in some way. Mm-hmm. And part of me hates that it's true Yeah, <laughs> in the show. But just because she's aggressive, because she's protective, because she's the one fighting for the vulnerable. She's the knight in shining armor. Mm-hmm. Um. Slightly dirty armor. Yeah. But <laughs> Tarnished a bit. Yeah, she's noir. Um, but, like, I just find that really interesting. And I keep thinking about that, like question the what's your damage yeah that like you know a strong aggressive female is a bitch Mm -hmm. is a slut is a whore which she gets called all of those things people write it on her locker on her car yeah all of this stuff and that's where like the rumors going around and that's where she does that like brushing off her shoulders I don't care what you say about me Mm -hmm. you can't control me with your narrative so I will control the narrative because I will control So you don't control me.
1: Mm -hmm. I am an eight. Hear me roar. Um, And because we hinted at it and I didn't get to it, although I was planning to, one of the other strong proofs of eightness in Veronica is Wallace sees her.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Wallace sees that she has that soft inner marshmallow space. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the episode, Veronica does claim that she is. You know, we start with Veronica Mars, the spinster, and we end with Veronica Mars, marshmallow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wallace calls her that. And
0: then she owns it Mm -hmm. at the very end. she the exact quote is she's talking about getting her parents back together. Mm -hmm. And she says, I'm sorry. Was that mushy? Well, you know what they say veronica mars she's a marshmallow
1: exactly (laughs) and
0: that's why we are all the fans called marshmallows Mm -hmm. because she's got that like harder exterior but gooey mushy inside see she's just been toasted a little she's getting she's smorish she's been toasted a lot and if you had seen the whole episode that joke is not funny i know (laughs) sorry spoiler not really but oh yeah that's painful All right, Janelle, since I started Veronica, why don't you get us started with the conversation on
1: Keith Mars, ex-sheriff. All right. So for fear of oversimplification and uh, overgeneralization, the first thing that made me even start thinking six about Keith is um, he was county sheriff.
0: Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Say more about that.
1: Yeah. So I'm not saying that everyone in law enforcement is a six. Some of them are eights. Yes. (laughs) Um, That's also an overgeneralization, obviously. There, I'm sure, are are... a wide range of Enneagram types within law enforcement. But, (laughs) However, um, as we... Have used the moniker of guardian mm-hmm. for sixes. One of the other names of a six is the loyalist or the protector, exactly. Mm-hmm. And those that space that a six, uh, counterphobic or phobic, mm-hmm. live in of looking to authority either for safety or when they realize it is corrupt mm. to push against. Mm-hmm. It's out of this space, not only for themselves in order to assuage their own fears, but also for their community. Mm-hmm. They are they're part of the dependent stance, mm-hmm. which means they are the ones who come alongside. Mm-hmm. And to protect and serve doesn't get more six-ish than that. Yeah, that phrase, man. And... I mean the true, like actual meaning of that phrase. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's just initially where I that got me there. The other thing was, as we learned about Keith's story and what got him into private investigation, instead of being, um, or when he got removed from office, as it were, forced into it. Yeah. um, They're still in Neptune. Mm-hmm. Veronica's mom wanted to leave mm-hmm. but whether it was for his family or for the community he was serving in which he saw evil things happening that he knew he needed to fix mm-hmm. Keith chose to remain loyal and stay in Neptune mm-hmm. instead of washing his hands and leaving yep um and that just struck again in that loyalist space. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's beautiful. And it also it's not unlike um yeah, particularly I agree with you that he's counterphobic mm-hmm. because he experienced the authority being misused yep. around him. And he was accused of doing mm-hmm. that himself. Very much so. And wants to tear it down wants to get things right and sure does yeah um and so gosh yeah there there are a few things that um unfortunately none of the lines that i actually have scream six ish um they probably speak a little more to the seven wing that you um spoke of Mm -hmm. but that's also because i argued long and hard with myself uh, about whether or not he was a one or a six, mm, mm-hmm. because some of those tendencies are very much reformer one space too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So gosh, there's, there's just so much that also um, actually I'm gonna leave it there because I have a feeling you probably will address the thing that I was about to say. Maybe. Um, and if not, I'll come back to it. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. I think I want to speak to the thing you said about the counterphobic nature. I Mm -hmm. just, I saw that from moment one Mm -hmm. is the pushing against authority because authority is corrupt Mm -hmm. and specifically has let him down. But I, okay, this is where things I know come in. I couldn't help it. But like thinking about how he acts in the future slash in fashion, flashbacks yeah that it was always because the world is corrupt Mm -hmm. and lacks good authority Mm -hmm. it's tearing down that authority especially in Neptune yeah because those with power are very corrupt and always get their way always get off and it's those that are vulnerable that rot yeah and so he is on a mission to undermine that, mm-hmm. and I find the uh, this is a conversation for the end. But the interesting cr- crossover space between he and his daughter, yes,
1: like it just makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Um, There's the it's one of the first scenes where they interact. They're mm-hmm. eating macaroni and cheese yep. out of the plastic container, yep. and he's asking her, yep. "How are your grades? How is school?" And uh-huh. she's just hammering him with questions yep. about the newest um client well and not a new client well yes <laughs> newest meaning new case yes um um for the agency and the way she finally gets him off her mm-hmm. case because mm-hmm. he's he's literally trying to like have a normal-ish father-daughter relationship
0: mm, i read that scene so differently than that that's
1: my first example <laughs> oh interesting yeah um is she just jumps in with the, I'm going to give him what he needs to know so yeah. I can get what I need. Yep. And just the, yeah, I like the powder cheese too, dad.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw that. I mean, so he is definitely a six wing seven. Mm. That seven wing is hard. The silliness, mm. the spoken silliness, mm-hmm. but he uses it as an evasion tactic. True. He is so evasive from, with Veronica in particular, from a space of, I just... I use the moniker for him specifically, protector. Mm-hmm. He is not just protecting Veronica, but the vulnerable, but the city, protecting it from the knowledge of what is bad, mm-hmm. right? Not wanting the innocent to be corrupted. And so he's always, every time Veronica's asking about things or going after things in her tenacious way, he's evading her. He's changing the subject. He's, who's your daddy? Da, 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 da. Let <laughs> me do a show. Let me make you food. Let me be silly and mm-hmm. and it never works because Veronica's veronica like she's she's not gonna let it go and so that first scene that's how i read it like mm. he knew it was something that would really upset her yeah because her trauma comes from the kane family mm-hmm. and that's who was there hiring him for this case he doesn't want her as a part of it because it's dangerous but also because of the danger to her emotional state mm-hmm. and so he is playing the protective six pushing against the authorities that are trying to undermine his daughter's well-being. Mm-hmm. So he's like, how was school? Are you making good grades? Say what you want about real cheese, but I'm a fan of this orange powder packet stuff. And he just keeps doing it. Uh-huh. And as you said, Veronica in her eight space is like, Ugh, fine. Yes, I like it too. So anyway, are we taking the case? <laughs> yeah, because I'm gonna, but then he follows that up. You know, as they're having that conversation, he gets called away on one of his cases and he says, do don't do anything on the Kane case. I'll handle it. Given our relationship with that family, I just And then as he's leaving, he goes, "And Veronica, when you go after Jake Kane, uh-huh, you take backup." Yep. See previous conversation about backup being a duck. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I loved that because he's he's protecting her. His main thing is don't Go after them. Yeah. He wants that. He is warning her and he is trying to protect her. But he's also a realist. He knows how the world works and he knows how his daughter works. Yes. So he is doing whatever he can to protect her. Since he knows she won't listen to him to be actually protected. He's like, you will take this dog that will eat a human. Yeah. (laughs) In order to keep you protected. And so he's protecting her from afar, even when He knows that his ideal way of providing Mm -hmm. protection won't happen. Yeah. So I really love just that nature. And Veronica even calls it out later when she talks about she calls him her protector. She says when she's mad about him lying and hiding everything, Mm -hmm. which is what really showed me his sixth space, because that's his way of protecting her. He is always keeping information from her, Mm -hmm. which for an eight feels like manipulation and like control by not giving me information you are letting that information control me so there that's where there's a fault in these two being together because his way of protecting her is her worst nightmare yeah um but but even then veronica knows her dad and she says okay so he lied to me he was probably trying to protect me that's what dads do (laughs) so it's that like protection is such a part of his identity like that is Who he is. Oh, certainly. That everything he does is in protecting her. But like it comes to a point and he usually does it through his seven wing, through his silliness. The moment he is the happiest in the entire episode Mm -hmm. is when he has completed a case successfully and has enough money to provide for them. Uh Because sixes, again, it's loyalty, it's security, it's Mm -hmm. provision. And he has lost them everything yeah by being fired from his job they lost their house her mom moved away people are talking about them her security is gone mm-hmm. but he comes back after finding the bail jumper he has money he's like we're gonna have steak and he's like dancing around and that's when he tells his whole like i was cool once remember this springsteen and you know but even in the midst of that silliness Veronica reveals she went after the Kane case and he like is upset but rolls his eyes and is like yeah yeah I know but what'd you find out yeah I told you not to do it blah 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 but then he finds out she's on the cusp of something that will be very harmful for her to know yes and it's dangerous and he just drops that curtain Mm -hmm. and it is harsh and serious and he says you stay away from Jake Kane I don't want you doing anything else on this case. And she's, like, objecting, being... He goes, Veronica, no. It's done. It's over with. Just stay away from him. Yeah. And he has laid down the law. You know, later he's sort of further evasive and says it's because of corporate espionage and it's dangerous and he's trying to give her a reason because he knows she'll need one. Yeah. That does not work. It does not work. But... All of that is motivated by keeping her safe, by protecting her, by him having the information about the dark world mm-hmm. that he doesn't want her to have as his 17-year-old daughter, junior in high school. Mm-hmm. So he is trying to protect her in every move. Um, and I just even, you know, the the thing that's said about Sixes is, is that they are the worst-case scenario thinkers. Mm-hmm. They are always worrying about something that could blow up and go wrong and just even at the end when Veronica's in full investigation now lying to her dad because he lied to her mode mm-hmm. he said that he's planning like a fun family night because evasion and distraction and protection um and he says hurry up i worry about you which just felt so honest yeah. in that moment even though he's kind of saying it in a joking way but mm-hmm. that's usually what works for him yeah um and it's just that constant worry, and you see throughout the series, whenever anything goes wrong mm-hmm. in the world, the first thing he does is call Veronica to see where she is. Yeah, to keep her protected. Mm-hmm. Like even when it doesn't directly involve her, he, he knows that everything directly involves her because she'll get her hands in it she'll somehow. Get always, because he knows his daughter. So it is that. But he, his first thing is isn't to protect just the vulnerable person in front of him. Mm-hmm. It's keep his family safe first keep yeah. the home safe and secure first and then go out and protect the rest of Neptune yeah um and I just like that six seven space interacts so closely with him mm-hmm. because his sort of that he literally does yeah. <laughs> like dancing around and singing and like who's your daddy which he always says yeah um is like that protection evasion mm-hmm. do you love me are you secure am i providing for you yeah sort of way and i love that but it's counterphobic it's pushing against the authorities it's pushing against the things that are trying to undermine the security of himself his city and his family mm-hmm. um so that interaction space between he and veronica was just what was the most indicative for yeah. me yeah so there you have it keith mars
1: Counterphobic six wing seven. There you go. I like it. Um, Yeah. So I wanted, for a couple reasons, to type Keith as a one. Mm -hmm. The first being, like I said, that reformer space. He definitely is seeing the broken things in Neptune. Although, since I'm just basing it on the pilot, there's not necessarily as much information. For pilot viewers, as there is later right. on, yeah, and so and I broke the rules. <laughs> the reason I didn't go with one in that instance is because, or maybe the reason I could have gone with one just basing it on the pilot, yeah, is you don't know a lot of what he was like before he lost yeah. his job. Absolutely, whether he had been so it could that, just be trauma, exactly. Yeah. Whether it was that hyper loyal, sick space that. Became increasingly counterphobic, or just maybe he was constantly that reformer space, mm. doing the right thing, mm-hmm. trying to make the town better. Mm-hmm. Um, the other reason that I really wanted him to be a one was because of the neo noir aspects of Veronica Mars, yeah. because of um, the work that you were doing and that I agree with, particularly about the detective, yeah. is that tarnished knight that mm. person who sees the wrong in mm-hmm. the system and tries to do the right thing
0: but the thing that i i went there but the thing that showed me he was not mm-hmm. that he is not the noir hero yeah. it's veronica is that he was forced out he did yes. not leave he knew things were corrupt exactly but the noir pi Opens his own business after being part of the police force because he saw how corrupt the police were mm-hmm. and he had to leave because it was so wrong and he was a part of the wrong system. Exactly. Whereas I think Keith's loyal to the system to not to the system but like to the place mm-hmm. and he's loyal to the job even when it's getting him dirty he will stay because he loves because yeah. he wants to make it secure versus thinking he can do it on his own as the reformer outside who knows the right the best which
1: is that big difference between the the sixes dependent stand space and the ones dependent mm-hmm. stand space because mm-hmm. they're both in the dependent stance.
0: absolutely they can look very similar
1: yes but the six is is so much more community focused i'm mm-hmm. um, not saying that a one isn't i know many ones who no but it's that central love motivation their community, but is that central yeah. motivation and i think for me what threw me out even more uh, away from one which I was bummed about because I mm-hmm. wanted to have the talk about the P.I. and the femme fatale yeah. with the ones and the eights. Yeah. Um, but was the fact the way he went about not telling Veronica mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. not one space. It's, no, it's wrong. It Yeah. It's lies. Exactly. Yeah. And not saying that ones don't lie. No. But they would go about it very w- differently.
0: Yeah. They wouldn't do a song and dance. Yeah. I think something that I was just thinking about as you were saying that is thinking about the intelligence centers Mm -hmm. because you definitely have Veronica is a gut. Yes. Veronica knows in a second Mm -hmm. whether she will trust you or not. Yes. And every once in a while she reassesses. Like you have that awesome moment when Wallace sits down Mm -hmm. and because she was distracted, he sat in front of her. She's like, Did I tell you you could sit here? Mm -hmm. And then she realizes it was a vulnerable person who she helped. She's like, no, you can sit wherever you want. It's a free country. And (laughs) but it's this like, oh, no, like I care for you. No one else would let you sit with them and they'll bully you. So, of course, you can sit with me. But her gut was like, no, everyone here is evil. And then she changes it versus I think Keith is in his head. Yes, he is like in that office processing the Mm -hmm. cases whether they will take them or not Mm -hmm. and veronica jumps into a case when it's given to her yeah before really even agreeing
1: to it Mm -hmm. sometimes like well and one of the things particularly in the pilot episode that we don't know we just see is after um gosh i've forgotten her first name mrs kane leaves the office Mm -hmm. after trying to get keith on the case Veronica's sitting at the desk. They interact practically not at all. Keith goes back into his office. Mm -hmm. For all we know, maybe he had something else to work on. But more than that, I imagine he is, like you're saying. processing. Processing how to Mm -hmm. communicate this with Veronica because he cares about her and whether or not he even Mm -hmm. wants to take this case. And he chooses evasion.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That is he spent all this time thinking about not saying
1: words exactly i mean
0: it yes (laughs) that took processing because he knows veronica's gonna come at him yes so he's
1: coming up with his like war plan it's it's the sixth space of contingencies upon contingencies Mm -hmm. of how to interact with how to first share Mm -hmm. if he's going to and then how to respond depending on how she will respond
0: When she forces him to share, which he knows she will, what will he say? Yeah. Yeah. What is this case about?
1: Mm -hmm. And it's
0: something that doesn't involve her at all. It's just like a marital problem, a tryst.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: Which is true on the face, actually. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, that's... I I just kept thinking about that difference... In intelligence centers, because to me, a counterphobic six and an eight can look very similar, Mm -hmm. can look aggressive and sarcastic and talk style and all of those things for similar reasons, undermining those authorities. Yeah. One, because the authority is trying to control them. One, because the authority is corrupt and trying to undermine security, Mm -hmm. which are not completely different things. No. But look different and are motivated differently. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. So I, yeah, I just, I found their interactions really interesting, especially the evasion. And you bring in, they're both acting out of trauma. They are both... In spaces that they would not have chosen. Yes. Um, and it's a father-daughter relationship, which has other implications. Like a father
1: is going to be more protective. And that's why I also looked a little bit at one yeah. for Keith. Yeah. Was- or
0: is he just acting six-ish because that's dad space? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. this is Veronica's version of him, remember?
1: Mm-hmm. True. She's telling this she is story. Our She's
0: our narrator. So we're seeing things through her eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and that's always true of Noir. Yeah. So you have to ask those questions. Is the world really as corrupt as it is? Yeah. (laughs) Um, but that can lead you off into some dangerous philosophical areas that can be unsettling.
1: Indeed. I love
0: them, (laughs) but I understand. Oh gosh, Janelle, any final thoughts on
1: Veronica Mars? Gosh. Um, I... I'm just excited to keep going. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, watching, not this episode of ours. Yes. I'm excited for that to keep going too, but I'm excited for the things we have planned. But I, uh, where do you, I mean, I know you had a little more time than I did to continue on in the season and no spoilers, but... What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think that we're correct. Uh-huh. <laughs> I will say oh, that much. <laughs> she continues being very eight-ish <laughs> throughout. Uh, we see a lot of trauma in her that I find really interesting when her vulnerability shows up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is one episode in particular, a scene that just like shouts Eight space. It's the one that I alluded to earlier, where she's protecting puppies, yeah, and saving Uh dogs from this corrupt dog napping ring. Ooh, and the client she has is a very like mousy girl who is bullied. And there is a moment where a bully is bullying her, and Veronica just like she looks like a rhinoceros, (laughs) like she is just walking in, and like she just screams awful things at mm-hmm. this human because it was just this very vulnerable space from her client. And yeah. I was just like, well, if I was wondering before, <laughs> Nope,
1: <laughs> no questions. Now <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: my favorite thing. I mean, I have a lot of favorite things about Veronica Mars, but I love just all of the actors in this show that have cameos actors from all of the shows mm-hmm. that I have loved most of the cast of a uh, home improvement. <laughs> That's makes fantastic. <laughs> a cameo, uh, much of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, of course. As cameos and it just uh, I just it's so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, all playing fairly awful characters <laughs> in general, but most of the characters on this show are fairly awful because noir. Yep. Gloriousness of a dark
1: as told from world. the perspective of an eight.
0: Mhm. Um, I really did just love the ways that the Enneagram helped show some of that. And I like, especially you have an eights perspective on the world, right? Showing the corruption, the darkness, and this show as it continues. In this first episode, it does this a lot too, but it really is pointing out the the social stratification but especially tied to race mm-hmm. um you have a lot of like really racist comments and things mm-hmm. shining themselves yeah out and being pointed out and i love that vision of the world as it is yeah um showing privilege showing racism even when it's that like implicit bias sort of stuff that it's always being called out in the way an eight would like Mm -hmm. this is injustice. Yeah. So no. Um, And, you know, often it comes in the guise of sarcasm and jokes. Yeah. You know, like there's even in later episodes, there's uh, a line where uh, Veronica asks Wallace, her best friend who is black, uh, so, do you have any enemies that might do this to you? He's like, well, uh, the clan. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, well, duh. But but I don't think that's who we're gonna go up against today. But one day, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, Veronica.
1: Yep. You would. <laughs>
0: um, yes. But I love that though about an eight. Like I am not afraid of anything, mm-hmm. and if anyone's gonna try to hurt the people I love, uh-uh, I am taking them down. And like she is just, yeah, she's like motorcycle gang done yeah <laughs> you know like big actor done mm-hmm. no one is more powerful than me in yeah. this moment and uh you need an aid on your side is what i've realized from veronica mars
1: oh totally <laughs>
0: um, yeah
1: <sighs> yeah that was fun that was fun i love veronica Mars. <laughs> she's fantastic yeah. um in case you couldn't tell we've had so much fun with this whole season on The Detectives. Bum, bum. <laughs> was that our last one? I think it was. In case you guys have been wondering what the heck we're doing, we definitely decided that this season on The Detectives, bum, bum, bum needed a little uh, law and order to uh, get things rolling mm-hmm. and keep it going. So that's oh, our nod to that wonderful commercial break sound. Yes. Scene change sound <laughs> from, from Law & Order. Um, like we said at the beginning of this episode, we could spend the rest of our lives with the detectives. Um, maybe, maybe not Nancy, but nope. these detectives that we talked about and so many others. And I'm sure we'll continue to think and talk about them. But... We are really, 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 really really excited about season three.
0: Wait, are we excited? No. Okay.
1: Except for yes. Yes, we are. (laughs) (laughs) And although we haven't said much about what it is yet, we hope you will start getting excited with us. Mm -hmm. We will be posting to the social medias as we usually do, Uh about the upcoming season. Um, We're also going to be, I mean, like we've done with previous seasons, we'll let you know when it's coming and what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, just be watching the social meds for the announcements that are coming up. I know as we continue to... Do the podcast. We're also looking into how to sustain it. We haven't figured out all the details yet, but those announcements are coming too. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, check out Twitter and Instagram. We're there as at type this cast as usual. That's T-Y-P-E-T-H-I-S-C-A-S-T. And if you uh, don't already, you should subscribe and all of the new episodes that are released, whether it's this one or promo material or first episodes of season three, they will appear as if by magic. Just
0: in, like magic.
1: Indeed, in your podcast feeds. And we really want you along for this season three um. yeah and while you're subscribing go ahead and leave a review because as we've said before that's just a fantastic way for us to hear from you and for others to find the podcast
0: mm-hmm. and we would like to thank matthew Ziganis. And uh, for the music he's allowed us to play on this podcast, please be sure to check out his music in all of the likely places where music is sold, iTunes, Spotify, and such. And a special thanks to Joel Miller, our valiant sound wizard, without whom we would never have had or continue to have a podcast. Mm -hmm. So we are ever so grateful for his hard work and above all we would like to thank you dear listeners for going on this enneagram journey through our favorite detective stories with us this season Mm -hmm. and as always please reach out as janelle said but reach out on social media and tell us what you think of these characters would you type Veronica and Keith differently? Would you type Sherlock and Watson differently? Would you look at Poirot differently? Nancy or the inimitable Philip Marlowe any differently than we have? We want to hear about it. Mm-hmm. And you can do this through those social media formats that we gave you at type this cast. Or you can even email us uh, at type this cast at gmail.com. And finally... Once again, at last, we leave you with the ineffable words of Neil Gaiman from his magical poem, Instructions, which you have not, if you have not done so yet, go read it right now. Go read it. (sighs) Trust dreams, trust your heart, and trust your story.